Greetings in the name of our Lord. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much for this privilege to gather here once again this Lord's Day and rejoice in You and, and uh, look into Your Word. And, and Lord, we just we, we want to learn more of You, more of Your ways, more the way You think, more the way You act, and then how in turn we are to act and think and live. Lord, I pray that... Um, the words spoken here this morning will will uh, be life for our spirits and will provide some measure of uh, teaching, I guess. I just pray that you will bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Mike informed me right before when we were out getting coffee <clears throat> Um, that it scares him to death when there's no scripture reference with the title. So, but he's still here. So, uh, apparently, we, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't try. I guess from af- after this, put a scripture reference with your title. Whoever's doing this. The reason I didn't is because I have several different ones, and I'm kind of going in a couple of different directions. So it's. It's not a terribly cohesive talk that I'm going to give this morning, but hopefully you'll take something from it. Uh, The sermon title or message is uh, Take Care. It's, It's an expression, I'm sure, if you haven't used it, it's been said to you. It's just, it's actually, I didn't check with the grammar police in our house to see if it's a proper sentence or not it's probably not because it's kind of you're just well take care of what okay you're probably leaving something out uh but this phrase the way we use it and i'll dig into that a little bit um it doesn't necessarily occur that way in the bible but to take care the thought is definitely in the Bible. So I'm going to look at a couple different places where, where it pops up. <clears throat> um, and I don't know if, if you're this way, but when you kind of zero in on a topic or something you want to talk about, and then whenever, whenever somebody mentions a Scripture or reads it, and you're like, okay, what does this person have to say about it? Because you're kind of already locked into it. And so whenever you hear that expression... You kind of wonder, okay, wonder what, wonder what this person is thinking when they say that. Now, um, I had my coffee in my hand and Margie came up behind me and said, don't be drinking coffee in the sanctuary. And I said, Margie, I'm going to pick on you today. We all like to pick on Margie. <laughs> I heard you use this expression several weeks ago or months ago out in the parking lot. I think it was the Moors were leaving and you said, take care. I, I know it was you. I don't know who you were. It may have been Marilyn. It may have been someone else. When you said that, what were you telling them? Be careful. So in other words, you were telling David, when you're heading home on 93 and you're texting and driving, check the road every 8 to 10 seconds. Is that what you meant? What did you mean? Okay, maybe don't text and drive. 
right? Or maybe, David, you, you swung around the long way and went to Arby's first because everybody needs a good roast beef sandwich every now and then. And on your way home, you realize I, I didn't put my horsey sauce on when I was there. So when Margie says take care, what that means is get a good grip on the steering wheel with your knee while you put on your sandwich, right? None of us, I'm sure, do that. <laughs> but in that, as we break that down, what? be careful going home. Could we say that we are saying focus on what is important? Would that be a good way of sort of dissecting that? Focus on the road until you get home. Then, then you've got something else to focus on, hopefully. Okay? So, to take care is the task that is put in front of you or the responsibility that you have, focus on it. Is that what you were telling him, Margie? Now, oh, good. Um, now, Margie doesn't tell me to take care. About a month out of the year, she tells me to get my corn planted. But you know, she's saying the same thing. Hey, the month of June is here. Time is ticking. Get your corn planted, right? Focus. <laughs> so, I, I warned you, Margie. <clears throat> In fact, um, I'm, I'm really close to being banned from driving to church because I keep... Are all the rows of corn coming up? Are the, are the, are the heifers okay? Are the, and Becky's like, yeah, yeah, a car. <laughs> and so she... To me, I guess taking care is I shouldn't try to do all this stuff at once. So she'll probably drive us home today like she drove us here this morning. <laughs> now, does God ever say, take care? Genesis chapter 1. This is, a, this is a very familiar verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. This is the purpose that mankind was created for. To take care of God's creation. And interestingly enough, this was given before the fall. The fall of man when sin entered the world did not erase this. It just made it harder. The, the relationship 
that was to be between husband and wife was soiled. It was made harder. It was made difficult. The relationship that the man had with the ground, the soil, it now produced thorns and thistles and he sweat. So the, the, the command has not disappeared. It has gotten harder. That's the nature of the curse that God put on the earth. <clears throat> so this, this is our calling. Number one. In fact, somebody call, somebody, some have called this the first great commission. Now, it doesn't say it specifically, but I'm assuming that within this would be the care of people. It's not just animals. Would, would you agree with that? I mean, creation involves us. So, just because you don't have livestock, don't take it personally that you know, you're missing out on God's blessings. <laughs> but we are called to care for creation. I, I think we would all, we would all agree with that. <clears throat> Do any of you ever wish for a carefree life? This is a rhetorical question. Don't get yourself in a pickle here. Do you do any of you approaching retirement? You know, think think of the think of the millions you have in your investments, and you just want to go on cruises and go to concerts and operas and just not a care in the world. That's, that would be living. I think that's a false. Because we are meant to care. And I don't mean that just in the sense of, oh, I care for you, or I feel for you, but that you take care of. How many of you kids have a pets or animals or something? Do your parents ever have to remind you to take care of them? No? <laughs> Do you always feel like, yeah, it's time to feed the ducks, or yes, it's time to feed the calves? <laughs> Maybe sometimes you forget. I know there's some animals in our house that get neglected every now and then, and somebody has to be reminded to feed them and water them. But... And so it's, it's not just a feeling. It's you actually have to do it, okay? Take, do your job. Clean the cat litter box or whatever. <clears throat> so to desire a carefree life, I don't think that's scriptural. I don't think God would honor that. And I'll just sort of leave that where it is, but it's, it's, a, it's one of the thoughts that came to me as I was working, working through this. <clears throat> Because God has designed us to care, to give of ourselves in either creation, you know, in some form, the cre created world, we're, we are designed to care for it. Now, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to branch off into a little bit of theology here. I, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, but um, does God care? All right, you're, I'll pick on you, Todd. Does God care for everyone? Has God, does God care for everyone equally? 
And one more question. Does God, has God always cared for everyone equally? Okay, so what, when we talked about care, what were we talking about? What was the other word? Huh? Focus. Now this, this kind of started brewing a couple of Sundays, Sundays ago in Sunday school when we were talking about you know, the, the children of Israel. Or um, Ezekiel was in exile. He was prophesying not only to the people that were still in Jerusalem, but he was giving words uh, to the people that were also exiled, I believe. Now, I'm going to do some really um, detailed artistry here. I'm sure, Wayne, you'll appreciate this. Okay, this line, this is creation. God, everything was focused on creation. That Those six, seven days, God was focused on creation. Would you agree? Did God care about His creation? Everything he made was good. When he created man, it was mankind was very good. So, and and then as as Adam and Eve they walked with God, they fellowshiped with Him. God actually walked in the garden with them, or at least that's the way it is described in Genesis. So, God's focus was there with them, with His creation. Okay. But people, you know, they had babies. They had more babies. Their children had babies and grandbabies. And, and so the population of the earth began to grow. Until it, and, and we're not told a whole lot about that, except at one point it reached a time where God said, My spirit will not always strive with mankind. What's he saying? He's saying, The wickedness is getting too great. The wickedness, I'm going to do something about it. And the very next, one of the very next verses, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Where was God's focus? So now we're back to one family. Does, not, does God not care anymore about these people? I don't know. I don't know how to sort through that. But it's clear that God's focus went to Noah. Did God care about Noah? Yes. Did He care about preserving life on the earth? He, he, he gathered the animals. So we see God's care and His focus coming zeroing in on Noah and Noah's time. Okay, so then... After Noah, then you had another population bomb or explosion or whatever. And here you have the Tower of Babel. Does God care? Yes, He does. He said, They're gonna, there's nothing these people can't do. I'm going to go down and confound their languages. So, He does that. But then where does His attention go? Abraham. You know, this is interesting. I, I hadn't, I guess I hadn't even realized this until fairly recently. But where was Abraham when God called him? No. He was in Haran. His father, Terah, had left Ur and was heading to Canaan. 
Isn't that interesting? And they had stopped in Haran. What? That's just that's. What is going on there? I, I just wonder if Abraham's father Terah, if there was something there. I'm. This is a wicked place. I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm heading toward Melchizedek. I, that's just a thought. Okay. Um, who was Melchizedek was in, in Salem, which was in the promised land. So, God calls Abraham. God's focus is now on Abraham. He makes a covenant with Abraham. Says, I will make your seed as the stars of the sky, the sands of the sea, and the dust of the earth. Then where does God's focus go? Isaac or Ishmael? Isaac. Then where does it go? Jacob or Esau? Jacob. Jacob have I loved. Esau have I hated. If you can't see God's focus there, now does God not care about Esau? I mean, you read some of the prophecies of the Edomites toward the Edomites, which which are given, I think one is even given in, in Ezekiel. Hey, the way you treated my people. So, God's focus continues down through that line. And then you get to I'll just say Joseph and Egypt. And then the children of Israel multiply. They, they, they become a large uh, group of people. And then um, God calls Moses. Would you say God's focus is on Moses? You better believe it. And, and, they, and they come out and they, and they meet at Sinai. And, and there are people and they... This is where my drawing isn't too accurate. But anyway, you know, God focuses on Moses, and then you have all these people, and we'll go back up to the top of the screen here. Um, and let, let's just say that, uh, and let's get to the time of David and Solomon. We're just, that's like the, the time of David and Solomon, the time of the building of the temple. When the, dedic- when the dedication of the temple was completed, God comes and fills the temple. It's like this, this is what was meant to be. A witness to the nations, a light, um, <clears throat> a testimony to the goodness of God. You can clearly see God's focus is on Solomon and that period of time with the nation of Israel. But then, idolatry comes in. I, I'm speeding through this. And we'll just say this over here rep- represents Israel. And over here represents Judah. The kingdom divides. So the so the nation of Israel is, is but taken by the Assyrians into captivity. They're basically gone. Does God not care about them anymore? It would kind of seem that way. Because His focus is now on Judah. Now, granted, I, I'm, I'm making broad statements here. Then, it gets even narrower at the captivity. Where is God's focus? The temple is ruined. It's destroyed. Now His focus is on the remnant. Those who are going to return. That's where... So, does God care? (laughs) He cares about His people. 
one of the we had a, a interesting Bible study Wednesday evening, and uh, Jim pointed out a, a scripture in, in uh, Deuteronomy where it talked about uh, it's the song of Moses, and and Moses is saying Israel is my portion, and and he used the example of, of a pie. Okay, so we would cut a pie into six pieces, and and six of us men would each take a piece. So the piece I have, that's, that's my portion. You know, Dustin, he can do with his what he wants, but keep your fork away from mine. Alright? The, the picture of what was happening in Ezekiel, or, or these prophecies against these other nations, these other nations were attempting to jab their fork into God's portion. And, and worse yet, that piece of pie that was God's had legs and it was trying to run away. That's, that's the picture. It wasn't content to be with the one who chose them. They wanted to run to these other nations. And God was furious. Because, listen people, I focused all my attention here and you just want to run away. So That's kind of the message of where we are in, in Ezekiel. Okay. So the people come back and for 400 years there's silence after Ezra and Nehemiah. And then all of a sudden an angel shows up to Zechariah and says, your wife is going to have a son. The angel also shows up to Mary who's a virgin and says, you are going to have a son. Where is God's focus now? His focus is on, should I say, those two boys. So there's two boys here that have God's focus. And then, John the Baptist is out of the picture. Now where's God's focus? This is my son. Can you imagine hearing that voice from heaven you talk about focus. This is my son. Listen to him. <clears throat> and I, I would broaden that out a little bit because God also chose, Jesus tells us that he, that his father chose his disciples. So the focus was on Jesus and his disciples through that time. So when Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and the Holy Spirit fell. That should be in the center of the page. Or the center of the chalkboard. Where does God's care, where is God's focus now? Very good. Those whom He has called. Those who have responded to His call. So, does God care equally about everyone? He cares for those who have called on the name of His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son of God has not life because the wrath of God is on him. Many of you, most of you probably have 
heard of the term white privilege. Do we have Jesus' privilege? You better believe it. And don't be ashamed of that. Because those who have accepted Christ as their Savior, as their Lord, that is where God's focus is. Okay, so how does, how does God care for us? In, in, in the real world, I guess. And this is where my mind was kind of drawn to an, an, an everyday, I guess, everyday illustration for me anyway. Um, Psalm 23. There's one line, one phrase in that talks about um, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And I just want to... How does God care for us and how in turn do we then because because God cares for us and we're called to care how then does that show itself in my life in your life <clears throat> and this is this is the other uh the other scripture that I had and this is the one that kind of kept popping up over the past while John 21 verse 15 through 18 I believe when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus <clears throat> asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And he goes on to give some other thoughts. But So, Peter was called, initially he was called to be a fisher of men. And I don't think Jesus was negating that here, but he, he called him to be a shepherd. He called him to feed his to feed Christ's followers to 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 take care of them. Now, and so going back to Psalm 23 and how how does that um uh he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, first of all, a path uh is this thing ready to go? What do I push? The middle button? Or there is no middle button. The red one? Right. Okay. <clears throat> when, 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 when we think about a path, we, we typically think of something, you know, you go to, you go to an old man's cave or something, there's neatly manicured trails, and you, and you do it for recreational purposes. In the past 100 years, nearly everything has changed in how we operate. And, and agriculture is no exception. 
a hundred years ago, you primarily sent the animals to the feed. Okay, you sent them to eat. With 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 mechanization and cheap fuel, we've been able to bring the feed to the animals, by and large. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I there are some downfalls to it. Um, and so the, the concept of a path, a path for the sheep is, is, is uh, survival. We walk on trails for the fun of it. I mean, I don't. I don't particularly enjoy it, but <laughs> other family members seem to think it's great. <laughs> um, but a, a path to a shepherd is you are taking the sheep for daily. This is, it's a necessity. And you lead me in the path, and, and, and this is what I was thinking about this. Um, so how does this, how does our shepherd, how does he lead us in a path where we, we can get what we need? In other words, um, the, the, the current method of, of taking, in other words, God does not spoon feed us. You follow me? To follow Jesus means to walk. He doesn't bring the food to me. I need to. How many remember the song? Give me, give me this, Lord. Give me, give me that. Yeah, give me. Um, uh, we want everything, or we have everything. We still want more. We have blessings galore. We still want more. And He says, "Come, follow me." Okay, so Lord, just just bless me, bless me, and He come follow me, but down the path. But, is, but the good shepherd does not annoy us. Okay, see this? Um, see that uh, tree right there? Th- this has special significance because a few weeks ago, I, um, I turned the cows out into a, a different field and, and I, I, this is around a corner, I couldn't see it. And I let the cows out <coughs> to this other field and um, I knew they liked that field because there's lots of shade, the, the, the grass is good. But I noticed I went to the barn in mid-afternoon and half of the cows were back at the barn. I thought, this is strange. Well, that night when Israel brought the cows in, he said, Dad, there's, there's a tree across the path. And when I went down, and as soon as he said that, I oh, that would explain why half the cows were at the barn. And I went down there and, and, and this... I'm glad I didn't have a video. I mean, this, this would have pained me to watch. Have you ever seen cows that are frustrated? They, they want to go somewhere and the path is blocked. And, and some of them climbed over right over here. They, that was actually a lot higher than it is since I cut it. But, I mean, it was probably... And the cows would have been climbing and other cows would have been pushing and jamming and some would have got frustrated and went back home and... That would have been pain for me to see that. The, the good shepherd does not throw obstacles in our path to frustrate us. That, that's what I'm getting at with this, path, with this whole thing of, of a path. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. He does not bring the food to us. He asks us to follow Him, but He makes the path straight 
and narrow. Um, which is the next one? Go to the next one. Okay. Now this this is a this is the same area, but one, one thing uh, you can't really see it here, but uh, whenever where I'm standing, the creek is coming towards me. It's flowing towards me. And whenever you have a flood, any 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 place that juts out like this, and the flood water hits it, this part stays solid over here. But when you get on the backside, it turns it's full of mud, like it. The flood will, the waters will scour that off and deposit all the mud back there. Now the cows had been walking right through there, and one time I, I was like, and, and there's a thing with with cattle when they walk through water because they don't walk on water. They um, that those areas never dry out. Every cow probably has what's a half a pint, a cup. Every cow probably has a cup of water on their feet as they walk through. So 70 cows, back and forth, four times a day, it never dries out because there's always water dripping off their feet. And so this area right here was just this muddy mess, probably this deep because where the last flood had dumped. So when I saw that, I was like, oh man, you know. And so I, I, I moved the fence over so they could walk over here. And that's where they all walk now. So, God gives us a path to walk on. A, 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 a straight and narrow path. And it's, it's not... He's, what did He say? Come unto Me, all you are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon Me. Learn of Me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. It's not a hard trail. It, there are not obstacles thrown in it that, that we can't get over. Yet, I mean, yes, we can get tired, but... So, kind of what I um, what I want to leave you with is how do we? And I'm just going to throw this question out to you all because every family, every situation has its own unique challenges, unique. Um, but with with those whom you have been entrusted to, how can you? shall I say, lead them to pasture, not bring everything to them, but at the same time, not frustrate them, not provoke them to where life is miserable. If, that, if, I, could, if I could have one parting thought, that would be it. How do we... Our, our Good Shepherd gives us a, a straight path to walk on. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. How do we in turn care for those? How do we show them that same, on the one hand, discipline, but the other hand, grace to where their life is not difficult? Um, I'd like to, to close with the song, Little Lamb. It's number 400 in your uh, hymnal. Now, I... I I realize that um, you know it talks about the shepherd carrying you. That that's completely fine. I'm not I'm not saying that you know when Lois wrote this song that she should have not put that in. I'm not saying that at all. But the idea of of we are we are in the shepherd's care 
he carries us along. Um, so I, and I, I asked Anthony to, to lead us in that. So let's have a prayer and then we will sing the song and then you will be dismissed. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank You so much for Your care. You have included us. We are in Your family. If we have been called and we have chosen to follow You, we have claimed Your Son as our Savior, Your favor is on us. Your care is on us. And You are a shepherd. And Lord, I just pray that as, as, as we sort through the challenges of, of our lives and each, each family and uh, person has their own unique um, challenges to work through, I just pray that we will look to You as our Good Shepherd and in turn lead those that we are entrusted with. I just pray this in Your name. Amen.